You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, part two of our UFC 257 post-fight coverage here on MMAfighting.com. This is the post-fight show. Where we're going to hear from all of you. We heard from all the tastemakers from tonight's event. We heard from Michael Chandler. We heard from Conor McGregor. We heard from Dustin Poirier. We heard from Dana White. And now it is time to hear from all of you. Thank you for joining us, especially you guys on the East Coast, 2.42 a.m., you crazy people. We appreciate it. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the Prince of Positivity, Alex K. Lee. Hello, sir. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. It's early. What are we doing, doing? three hours? I think three-hour post-fight show? For an event like this, it would make sense. We're not going to do that, but it, it, it would make sense. And then we have E. Casey Lydon, producer extraordinaire, joining us as well. Duval! Oh, yes. shout out to Duval. And if it, yes. And I'm the only one wearing a suit. I hung up on our post-fight chat at the end after the Q&A case. It's like, everyone kind of like dress up for the, for the post-fight show. And then I was like, all right, I got to go. And apparently dress up was like, just wear a shirt with a collar on it, which I had already done anyways. Uh, but I'm, I'm way overdressed for the occasion. No, but it no. is what it is. No, you look, you look um, fantastic. You look fantastic. Yeah. I had to grab like something before my wife went to sleep. And this is the first thing I grabbed. So here we are. Uh, listen, if you're here watching right now, this is your show. Okay. We've, we've talked about a lot of this stuff. We want to hear what you're thinking in regards to Poirier's big win, Michael Chandler's outstanding debut, anything that you want to talk about, let us know. We'll answer your questions for the next 30 to 40 minutes. And then uh, we'll all try to catch some shut eye. Uh, but AK, before the questions come in, your thoughts on Justin Poirier's big win over Conor McGregor because what an outstanding performance, a shining moment for the Diamonds. What did you think? Amazing, amazing. Shut me up. I, I tell you, I thought I thought even though it was six years after their first fight, I, I just the way their careers had both trended, I still thought stylistically, I'm like, it's a pretty good matchup for McGregor. I, I think uh, Poirier gets hit a lot. And uh, McGregor, when he hits people, they go down. Uh, that's that's I know that's a very pretty basic uh, casual analysis, but that, that's really how I viewed it. Uh, I did say in my predictions, I'm like, you know, if, if Poirier comes out a little more tactically uh, and uses his grappling, then it could be, you know, it could uh, change things up a bit. But I was still surprised that he put uh, he put McGregor away in the second round. I also, you know, kind of bought into the 
conventional narrative that, oh, well, if it's a, if it's a McGregor win, it'll happen early. If it's a Poirier win, it'll happen fourth, fifth round after he wears McGregor down. And it was kind of true. It's just that he wore McGregor down a lot faster than I could have imagined. The, the, uh, the calf kicks were just brutal. Uh, I do think the grappling that he did in the first round helped. I think it set the tone. I think it threw McGregor off. It was just a, a brilliant, brilliant game plan by Poirier. Uh, and, and he couldn't have looked better. This is probably the most watched. I, I guess we want to compare with the Khabib numbers, but this I would imagine is might be the most watched uh, fight that Poirier has ever had. Assuming that ESPN Plus got working around that time for you guys in America, uh, and if that is the case, what a, what a what a platform for him. Uh, and certainly, again, it, even compared to the Khabib fight, he won this one, and he won in in an amazing, definitive fashion. He turned McGregor into a meme. Uh, it's crazy. This is the first. This is the first card of the year because we'll be talking about. I feel like this win will be one of the most memorable moments 12 months from now. And there are options aplenty for both Connor and Dustin Poirier after that victory. But, you know, Casey, we talked about it before. You're more of the technical guy uh, between the two of us for sure. But I really thought that Poirier landing that takedown early set the tone because it kept Connor guessing. Like it gave him a lot to think about. And that's what opened up the leg kick game. That's what opened up the striking up front and made Connor have to think a little bit more than because the takedown clearly threw him off. He wasn't ready for it. He defended, he got right back to his feet, did very well in the clinch, but it still gave him something to think about. How important was that early takedown in your opinion? Oh, very important. Um, very important. I, so my coming into the fight, um, that's why I predicted, I, pre- I predicted Dustin would take him down, hold him down for the first round, take him down the second round. And I figured actually I, fin- I predicted a third round TKO or submission finish from Dustin. I was, I was pretty confident in Dustin's victory. Dustin's uh, that Dustin would win today. And you're right. Uh, once you, once you got the takedown, Connor had to think about it once you got, and then just, once you have to think about your, the, the, your opponent's grappling, it opens all your striking up. All of a sudden, a mediocre striker becomes a great striker and Dustin Poirier is already a great striker. So it just, he just became like a next level striker essentially after that. And then the rest, after the wrestling came the, uh, calf kicks and um this wasn't donald cerrone he was dustin poirier wasn't gonna wasn't gonna go down with a shoulder strike it was gonna take a little more than a shoulder strike tonight and uh, i think ak hit a good point though about um how connor wasn't ready for those leg kicks and when dustin and it's just in his post presser talked about how much those leg kicks hurt and how those calf kicks hurt rather and how he experienced those in the jim miller fight if you remember that fight Dustin won that pretty handily, but Jim Miller, I mean, but um, Dustin had to go to the hospital afterward because his legs were so battered up. And I watched the fight, and I, I didn't really think his legs were that battered battered up. And I remember that fight because I've watched it actually recently. But um, they were they were much more painful than I realized. And Dustin going through that, he knew how much those would hurt Connor. No, Connor fights so infrequently now that. His body just isn't doesn't have he's just not calloused enough to take the take the uh, the beating you need to take to fight at the high level of MMA, the durability you need to fight at the highest level of MMA. So um, yeah, the experience of Dustin fighting more frequently, just more frequently, really came it was a giant advantage for Dustin today, and it really hurt Connor. Yeah, I mean clearly. It's just a great performance. Great performance, Michael Chandler. There are a lot of great performances. So, uh, let's go to the peeps. Ready? Let's go to the peeps. See what they have to say. 
Okay. AK, let's let, let me ask you because we sort of touched on this. Michael Chandler loves the Poria idea, said nothing but respectful things. Love to share the octagon with him. It would just be an honor. What a great guy. And then Poria absolutely no sells it. Just says, nope, not interested. <laughs> I'll fight anybody, but I'm not fighting Michael Chandler. What did you think of that? Okay, I don't love it. I, I don't love it. I, I do think that uh, Chandler is probably one of the hot right away. One of the hottest names in the UFC lightweight division. There was some buzz. Look, the UFC couldn't have done a better job of promoting Michael Chandler over the last six, seven months or so. Whenever it is that uh, that uh, Chandler, you know, weighed in for the as an alternate for the Gaethje uh, Habib fight, they had the video. They had a video package for an alternate for a guy who came from Bellator. They said the words Bellator tonight. That was that was new. So they have they have done the smart thing and said, look, uh, this guy has a fan base in another promotion. Let's use that. Let's use that. It, it's, it's, it'd be silly for us to try and say, oh, this is some new guy. and We're not going to talk about where he came from. So they did that brilliantly. All the video package stuff. Uh, he, he's been very he's always been good with the media. So he's put himself out there. So all he had to do was deliver on fight night. And he picked up an enormous win in the, the most exciting way possible. And he's one of the I'd say he's probably going to be one of the three most talked about names uh, at lightweight for the next three or four months. So it is a bit silly for Poirier to dismiss him. However, however. Uh, I do still think if you're Poirier that you view Michael Chandler as someone who has more to gain from beating you uh, than you do from beating him. So I, I, again, fair or not, that that is probably how Poirier is viewing it. Um, I, I, I think again, he's, I don't know if he's hoping for Habib or what fight he thinks will be bigger, uh, or maybe he has a certain opponent in mind, like a Charles Oliveira, or if he wants to run it back with McGregor, which of course would uh, will will be a more high profile, still be a more high profile opponent than anybody, uh, and he thinks that's the best way to go for a vacant title fight, which is what I imagine Poirier would want. Um, so I understand the justification for wanting to not wanting to fight Chandler just yet. Uh, do I agree with it? No, uh, but I, I do think that uh, he still sees it as a, a bit of a low reward fight for him. You know what I find interesting, Casey? After all this, that. Nick Diaz was a very popular name tonight, not just from Connor, because you figured after the loss, Nate would probably be like the favorite. But even Dustin Poirier threw out Nate Diaz's name. And this is a guy who we last saw in November of 2019 got beat pretty badly by Jorge Masvidal. Like it was it was a one-sided fight for the BMF title. Like it, the fight wasn't close. Like I know some people complain about the stoppage, but it wasn't going to get much better for Nate at that point. I think most people would agree with that, but isn't it just fascinating that Nate Diaz just has this ability to get in these conversations no matter what happens, win or lose? Because that was, that was a pretty bad loss. And yet he could he could find himself, if Dustin Poirier plays his cards right, he could find himself possibly in a lightweight title fight. Is this crazy? That Nate Diaz could be in a lightweight title fight? <laughs> Is that what you think? Is that what you're saying? If Dustin, if Dustin, if Dustin gets plays his, his cards right and says... Yeah, I just think that's... I was real. I mean, okay. Dustin Poirier. Oh my God. You fought an amazing fight. Awesome. Man, but you're no sell of Chandler and let me fight Nate Diaz. It's just weird. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't say, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just confused what Dustin wants right now. Does he want, you know, a big bag of money? If it's a big bag of money he wants. Then you fight Conor McGregor again for the trilogy. But that's just gonna be a fight. That's just an, that's just gonna be a main event on a pay per view. Not just you know that's a big deal, obviously. But 
or you can fight for the title. And it doesn't matter who the other who the other guy is. And he's saying Charles, but Chandler shouldn't be that guy. But Chandler, outside of Conor McGregor, is the biggest guy who can justifiably be in that title shot. It's either Gaethje, uh, Oliveira, or Chandler. And to me, Chandler being the co-main event on the biggest card of the year so far is probably going to be the top two, maybe one, maybe maybe it's the biggest card of the year. Who knows? I just don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, you went, you just went hammer and nails with with um, Dan Hooker your last fight. You had to go to the freaking hospital afterwards in a, in a close fought victory. Michael Chandler didn't even break a sweat over the same guy. I mean, he he did enough, and this idea that like, he hasn't worked his way up the UFC. The guy's fought like fifty fights outside the organization or whatever. He's 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 paid. Michael Chandler has paid his dues. Just because the cage didn't have eight sides doesn't mean like his his fights don't matter. So, um, confusing statement from Dustin Poirier. <laughs> confusing. AK, what's what's the bigger fight now? Like, if the UFC were to put these two options on the table, what's a bigger fight? Like, what draws more, Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, or Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler? Oh, I thought you were going to throw Nate Diaz as there as an option because I was going to say no, we Nate know is Nate's, still we know Nate's than, higher than both. Okay, we know. Okay, okay, yeah. Whether 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 that should be that should be the case or not, yes, obviously that you know that's why Nate called out. So you said either Michael Chandler or Charles Oliveira. Uh, it's Chandler. It's a bigger it's fight. It's like what Chandler, does more? Yeah, it's definitely Chandler. I mean, especially tonight, he he just introduced himself on a Conor McGregor card. So anyone again, like I said, tuning in and their ES, their freaking ESPN Plus was working, uh, who at least caught the co-main in the main, they pro- they probably the, the 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 immediately in their mind they're like, I need to see these two guys fight. I just have to. It, it's recency bias. But again, and 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 I think when we if should this you know talk build up more and when we dig deeper into the resumes, it really is also the quality of their of their competition and how and how much they've come along and, the, and uh, what they've built up. So it makes sense in that sense as well. It's justifiable in two ways: recency. Super exciting forms this night, and also how how they fared in the lightweight division over the last two or three years. They're two of the most accomplished lightweights. Uh, there's you can't argue that. So yeah, it's got to be Chandler, and this just sucks so much for Oliveira, who for whatever reason, whether it's it's his own shortcomings as a, as a personality or the UFC's failure to push him, uh, just cannot seem to register in a big way uh, with outside of the hardcore fan base uh, again maybe he needs the right opponent maybe he needs to be put in this situation where he's on a big card with like a mcgregor or again well no, there's no habib in here, like a john jones someone like that um maybe that's what finally creates a little more casual interest but as it is it has to be chandler especially after tonight yeah i, I think i think so i think like the hard for hardcores people want to see Oliveira get his get his opportunity but you know, I, I think right now, unless Nate slides his way into like one of these fights, Oliver is either going to get the title shot or he's a win away from it. So he's not a horrible position, but it just depends on what they ultimately end up doing. So we'll see what happens. But I was I was surprised Poirier reacted that way. Yeah, just no sell. It was just like even like it was weird. It was odd. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Do you think Hooker's durability has finally taken its toll, or was it inevitable due to Chandler's ridiculous speed? Uh, what do you think about that, Casey? I, I think when you go through some of the, I mean, 
the, the two fight Dan Hooker had last year, that crazy fight with Paul Felder that people weren't even really talking about during the end of the year awards. And then obviously that crazy fight with Poirier. Do you think those wars just caught up to him or do you think Chandler and his style and just landing that shot, the speed Hooker just wasn't prepared for it. Um, I think uh, this is when I insert that gif. It says, why not both? <laughs> I think that I think this is uh, uh, clearly both. I think Hooker did. Unfortunately, Hooker probably did lose a few, maybe a few years off his career. Who knows when those two wars he fought last year. But if Hooker had fought, if, if Hooker had came out there and looked like Dan Hooker, how we how we have seen him before, I, I would probably think it's a durability issue. But man, but. I don't know. Maybe I got to watch the fight again, but Dan Hooker did not look like Dan Hooker in there, even before he got knocked out, obviously. He just looked very timid, very... Honestly, he just looked like he didn't want to be in there. Like, I don't know what it was about Chandler, but um, uh, yeah, he just he he just didn't look like he wanted to be in there with Michael, uh, Michael Chandler tonight. So um, I'm hoping Hooker just maybe these all these big trips during quarantine... Because now he has, I mean, because he was, I think he was probably in fight island for two weeks. Dustin Poirier kind of talked about how he was going crazy in his head, just staying in his, just living in his hotel room and the workout room. Maybe that just got to Hooker because there is a giant mental aspect to this game. And it Hooker just, I, I mean, I was picking Chandler, but man, no way did I pick this way. I mean, no, no way did I pick Chandler to defeat Hooker like that. Or, or, or it wasn't even competitive. So um, yeah, a little both. I mean, I'm I I I hope this doesn't have long term effects on Chan on Michael um Dan Hooker because um him taking his gloves off and doing all that stuff, that's um that's not good. That's all bad. It's got to be a little frustrating for him too, and I think this might play a part in it. Not only do you have to spend the two weeks in Abu Dhabi, but he's not even going to be able to go home until February 21st. Insane. Like that's a month. That's another month before he can go home. Yeah. That's wild. I, yeah, I, I have a I, feeling I, he, like he's going to be bad. Oh, no. I, I wish they would have talked about on, uh, I wish they would have talked about that on the pay-per-view. Maybe they did. I didn't hear everything, but... They, they mentioned it. They mentioned it, yeah. Okay, the, did, but, yeah. but especially guys in New Zealand, because when they go back to New Zealand, I know, like, New Zealand is, ba- basically, is basically coronavirus-free. So, mm-hmm. but because but the reason they are is because like, guys like Dan Hooker, who leave the country, come back in, they're like you said, they're going to be in quarantine for, I think, almost a month. That is yeah. bonkers. Very strict. Very strict. Very strict. So, maybe, man, maybe when he was walking out there and he saw Michael Chandler across that cage and it's just like, Oh crap! I have to win this because imagine I'm doing all this. Just, just a nightmare scenario for Dan Hooker. I mean, just that's just a man. I, I, I honestly felt very bad for him to, to, to not not losing necessarily, but losing like that, losing to get knocked out yeah. before the fight even really begins. That's just a. I, I, I really sympathize with Dan Hooker. Yeah, I, I mean, all these sacrifices. For him, are worth it if, if you win, if you win, you know, or or at least get to at least get to or at least get to put in a you know a good three rounds, you know at least get to go the distance and maybe have a shot at the fight of the night and or add to that reputation of like what a warrior you are, for 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 this fight to be so hyped up uh, and then to to just I mean there's no other way to, to, to drop a goose egg like that um, is I, I again like so that's why when I heard the throwing the gloves off I did not think retirement I just thought oh he's mad he's mad and it's all hitting him. 
It's all hitting him right now in this moment. All these sacrifices he made over the last six weeks, uh, sorry, six, uh, whatever, three months, whatever, however long the preparation was. And then all the sacrifices he still has to make, like we said, waiting in, in quarantine, hopefully with his teammates. I'm hoping that maybe that makes it a little bit easier. He has teammates. I hope he's not actually by himself. I imagine the team, if they're again, they're all going back to New Zealand, we'll at least have to be together. But man, uh, it, it's don't think that these guys can just, you know, shut that off when they step in the octagon. It's like, oh, we just they just forget all that stuff. Man, that's on their minds. It's probably on his mind during fight week. It's probably on his mind during the, all the press conferences. It's you guys. Well, I was just say we all made sacrifices in our lives. I'm sure we all have our, our stresses. But think about the, the worst stresses and bull crap you've had to deal with in your life. And that's what you know Dan Hooker has been dealing with <laughs> over the last over the last uh, three months and 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 now uh, and now tonight and and for a little bit after. So let's have some sympathy for Dan Hooker. Um, but yeah, the wars definitely taking their toll on him. We didn't even mention the, the Edson Barbosa fight. Remember that fight? Uh, for- uh, which probably could have been stopped. Yeah. Holy cow! That's that's a career that's a career shortener. That's a career shortener. So, uh, yeah, and and I, and I think he just got caught too. So all that all that com- everything we mentioned combined, plus of course the excellence of Michael Chandler. The guy hits like a truck. So I, I don't know. I still think we'll see. Uh, I, I don't think Hooker's chin is gone. I think with the right matchup, we'll still see him in these really incredible three round, five round wars. But uh, I, did it factor into him getting knocked out tonight? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a lot of Tristan things. Gordet wants to know. Tristan Gordet wants to know where Dan Hooker goes from here. Uh, I see two very popular options on social media, AK. Hooker versus Tony Ferguson or Hooker versus RDA. Which one do you like? Oh, I like Tony. I like Tony. Yeah. RDA, I, I don't think this fight's going to happen, but I don't know. I'm still fixated on, on him possibly fighting Gaethje. But uh, yeah, the Tony fight, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be good for both guys. Uh, it sounds kind of like a weird, like, oh, well, there some someone has to win, which is a which is a good feeling for one of those. You know, both guys have pretty big fan bases. Um, but really, I also mean it would just be a great fight. Uh, and whoever lost, I don't think it would hurt their reputation all that much. So that, this is exactly the perfect time to book these guys against each other. Uh, it, was, it was hard to book Ferguson for a while because he was on such a big win streak. Nothing besides Khabib really made sense. Now he's kind of, in a way, the, the, his at least his matchmaking has been kind of liberated by, by, you know, the, the slump he's in as, as, uh, as odd as that sounds. So lo- would love to see that fight. Uh, but mostly I think, uh, Mike, like we've kind of said for Calvin Cater, uh, hopefully he can take some time off. Hopefully he goes home uh, when he gets back in February, gets to see his family, uh, uh, hang out, spend qual- a lot of quality time with them. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see uh hooker fight again until, until the fall or maybe even, uh, even winter of uh, 2021. Yeah. Where does it go? I'm on, I- yeah, I was I was gonna throw it to you, Casey, because I'm I'm on the Ferguson train too. Because especially if we're still in the same position, like six months from now, with the pandemic and everything and the quarantines and stuff, if Dan Hooker is gonna take all this time and travel and have to deal with that, I'd, I I would hope he would get the biggest fight possible. And all respect to RDA, he's a former champion. There's something to be said about that. Ferguson's the bigger fight. I think he could get up a little bit more for a fight like that. So that's why I'd go with Ferguson. What say you? Well, Dan Hooker is going to be sitting at – where does he go from here? He goes to a hotel room for a month. That's where he goes, first of all. <clears throat> but after he gets out of that hotel um, – no, I, I actually, I disagree with uh, – I disagree with both those picks, RDA and Ferguson. I think um, I think Ferguson is going to be out of – we're not going to be talking – sorry, we're not going to be talking about Dan Hooker for about six months, essentially. So I think the RDA and Ferguson kind of matchups won't make sense in about six months because I think they'll, they'll fight before that. Um Hooker will be on a is it just two fight losing streak? Did he did he after yeah, he, two uh, fights? Uh, yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, so, that's important. Yeah, poor. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, he's on a 
two fight losing streak. I don't. I think if you're in a two, and especially after this loss, you don't fight a guy like RDA. You definitely don't fight a guy like um, Tony Ferguson. I think Dan Hooker, when he comes back, he fights a guy outside of the top fifteen. I think you. I think Dan Hooker has to rebuild his career. Unfortunately, uh, he needs a. He needs. Uh, I don't anyone outside the top fifteen. Honestly, I, I I can name a bunch of guys, but just I I don't. I think Dan Hooker. You give him a, a tune-up fight when he's ready to return. Sometime, I would I would hope at least mid mid to late summer. I know it's not that's not an exciting pick, but I think that's the smart pick for Dan Hooker. If I'm a guy like Tony, and even I'm a guy like Tony Ferguson, do I want to fight a Dan Hooker, a guy fighting a two fight losing streak? What does what does Tony Ferguson gain from that? I'm just. I mean, Tony Ferguson's uh, on yeah. a streak himself, so yeah. Yeah. But, I don't, but, but if Tony Ferguson beats, he goes like, oh, you just beat a guy that got knocked out. He was by Chandler, got knocked, you know, got, you know, went through a war with Dustin Poirier. He's like, I don't think Tony Ferguson will want that fight, to be honest. But um, you, guys, you guys can't be picky. I don't think they can be picky. I, I mean, maybe they, maybe they think they can, but they shouldn't be. And I think the matchmakers will present the reality of the situation to them. And uh, and I do think Hooker's, I, I think Hooker Ferguson's a good opportunity for both guys. You think that's smart for Dan Hooker? I don't think it's smart to compete in MMA, uh, but here we are. So, <laughs> so I, I really, the most thing I want to see is, is Dan Hooker get, get that solid six months off, spend time with his family, rest, recover. Uh, and again, like I said, if we don't see him until the fourth quarter, 2021, I won't complain as a fan. You know, of course I want to see him fight all the time, but I mean, based on him getting knocked out tonight and just his, his mood, his, his seeming mood, let's give this man a break, you know? Dan Hooker versus Hanato Moicano. That's who I want to see. Yeah, I like it. That's not bad. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> it doesn't get much easier outside of the top 15. Because you yeah. got, not, I mean, if you go, you, even if you get in the top 20, this, we got one tonight. Armand Sarukian. Like, these are the, oh, guys, these are the next, Good this Lord. is the next wave. Yeah. Hafiel Faziv, like these are the next crop. These are the guys like just outside the top fifteen that Makachev, would probably be you know, mentioned. Like, in these- <laughs> I don't want any. Yeah, there's no easy fight at one fifty five top thirty. There's not an easy fight. There's yeah. no such thing. There's, there's not no an easy fight, but there are easier fights, and I don't think that's all, that's all. I, I think Dan Hooker needs to take a break. I think. I mean, like a couple years ago, we weren't thinking Dan Hooker's a title contender. But he had a couple of good wins. He looked exciting. So we're like, oh, Dan Hooker, he might be fine for the title soon. He's not there yet. I don't know if he ever will be. He's clearly a very talented fighter. I don't know if he is a elite, like top top five mainstay. He might have kind of touched it for a little bit, or but it might be we, Dan Hooker might not be as good as we as maybe we were hoping. I guess so. Um, I I think you should I think you should fight behind way behind right now. In the rankings, who should Calderwood face next? Lauren Murphy. Mm, no, I mean, well, I, I thank you, G, thank you, Gino, for the question. I understand the reasoning behind it because there's a lot of uh, flyweights now that feel like they're deserving of a title shot, doesn't it? Like. I mean, again, JoJo was booked to fight Shevchenko, so it, it almost seems fair that she kind of got this bounce back, a very convincing bounce back win over uh, someone who has competed for the title recently. Shouldn't she be uh, back in line and get that? But no, because I think Jessica Andras jumped everyone 
that went over to Kagan, right? Uh, and then we have, uh, like we said, Lauren Murphy. Hasn't she already done enough to kind of earn a teleshite? Does, does she have to win a fight? So those are three names that if any of them got booked to fight, uh, Shevchenko is not officially booked to fight anyone, right? Not officially. I don't think, yeah. Any of those three, I, I, I favor Andrade, but if any of those three names got booked to fight her, I'd be like, it's completely fair. Completely fair. So should, again, I, I almost don't want to say any of these women should have to fight again, but but I, I do like Chino's suggestion because if Andrade does get that title shot, these women, I don't know if they can, if they can wait, that's great. And they should, if they can't, and they have to fight again, Murphy Jojo makes a lot of sense. I don't like that fight. I think. Why? Do you, she, Carterwood did the UFC a bit of a favor by, by spacing Jennifer yep. Maya on short notice. I think yes. if they don't book, if they don't book Shevchenko, um, Andrade, which I think is totally justifiable. If they don't book that, you do Shevchenko, Valentina. I think that's the fight. Uh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's very late. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late, guys. It, yeah. Well, it's midnight. And yeah. I think I think you do. Uh, Valentina. I, think, I, I, think, I think I think basically I think JoJo with her dominant win tonight. I think she had. I'll say this. Let me say. I think she has earned her chance to get her ass whooped by the champ Valentina Shevchenko. That's why I think she has earned her <laughs> opportunity to do it. I don't think JoJo has a legitimate shot at beating her, but I think very few fighters do. But that doesn't mean. But Valentina still has to fight. She still needs an opponent. I think Carterwood has earned that shot with that dominant performance tonight. If Carterwood, if the UFC does not go that route, the fight I would like to see is JoJo Carterwood in a rematch at flyweight against Cynthia, Cynthia Calvillo. Hmm. Cynthia Cal- see that Cynthia Calvillo wanted a decision at strawweight, and now they're both at flyweight, so I think it's the time. Both think? managed by the great Daniel Rubenstein which would make things uh, negotiations very easy. Uh, there's another wrinkle to this, too. Yeah. Viviani Arujo is Ooh. in this conversation now as well. Yeah, Viviani Arujo. Yeah, she just beat up um, Roxy's teammate. Beat her up good, too. And I feel like... Well, didn't she just... Wait, wait. Who did she just... Who was Arujo just... No, didn't she just beat up Roxy? Yeah, she just beat up JoJo's teammate. So you got a little. Oh, you said Roxy Steve. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Said, I'm, I'm sorry. You said we're going to get mixed. I know up. it's so. Late. We're getting. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot of names. I'm not confused. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, but it's weird because I I view uh, Arujo as being one fight away. I do I do think she needs another fight. That that's the one. If if somehow she emerged from this cluster of names that we just brought up, if Arujo got the title shot, that would raise my eyebrow. And I'm not sure why. Her, her resume actually, if people look at it, it's limited in the OC, but it's it's fairly strong. I think like three and one, four and one, some four and one. So. Uh, it's it's as strong as any uh, candidate that's again the division has not been around for that long relative to other divisions so you don't have anyone who's like ten and one and at flyweight except for Shevchenko uh, eventually uh, so I but still still I don't know why I view I view Arujo as being um, as being one fight away so maybe yeah, I throw her in the mix and she fights one of the names we mentioned but it's weird I, and that I don't feel any of the names we mentioned should have to beat her to get a title shot so some someone's heart is getting broken unless all these women can afford to wait then great. I have a feeling they can't. Uh, it, it's a division that uh, it moved a lot in 2020, and I think it's going to keep moving a lot in 2021. So um, so like I said, uh, that's why the initial question, I got no problem with it. You know what, but this yeah, is good. Yeah, I, I don't mean, I don't mean Araujo is in the title conversation right this second. I mean, just like with the Calderwood, op, like a Calderwood option or 
somebody of that nature. Like if they in the Calvillos, like she's in that conversation. Like if they booked two of those three women to fight, all of those make sense to me. Hey, sure. and, and only two weeks, we got Alexa Grasso versus Macy Barber too. So we got we're gonna throw we're gonna throw some more names in there too pretty soon. Hey, for, oh, stop it, stop it. Yep. Yeah, the women's flight division, the women's flyweight division. I just kind of say a couple years ago was yeah, what is whatever. But now things are coming along. Now, now, now Valentina, she's got a lot of new names, a lot of new, uh, lot yes. of new prospects. I think um, UFC is actually finally doing a good job at um, you know getting the uh, women's flyweight division going, and um, it's exciting Look, actually. Some 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 phantom weights came down, some straw weights moved up. up. They yeah. did a very very they did a very very good job signing uh, people out of like Invictus mm-hmm. from some of the international promotions. Uh, we we just saw Manon Fiero, who's oh, like yeah. looks awesome. Who, who knows how good she 20, is. 20, 20, <laughs> 2022 could be a name we're talking about a lot as a, a, a head in 2022. So yeah, I mean, I, I think we've said this a lot. Like in 20 in uh, last year, uh, women's flyweight was one of the more entertaining and interesting divisions to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, and you got you got Tyler Santos, you got Miranda Maverick coming up, who's fighting Jillian Robertson soon. I mean, 25 is looking pretty good right now. It really Real is. Good. It really is. I'm excited about it. What else we got? Uh, easy to say in hindsight, but I think Hebus didn't deserve to be such a favorite against Rodriguez. What is next for her? Uh, I assume we're, we're thinking about Amanda Hebus here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a pretty fair narrative, and I think we all said this, that we thought Rodriguez was completely flying under the radar in this fight. Yep. So the lines were a little, a little crazy. Uh, but man, first round went pretty much the way I thought the whole fight was going to go. All she needed was one shot and changed everything. And she got not one, but two knockouts in one fight. So uh, we'll start with UA Cakes. We're probably not going to talk about her and on to the next mm-hmm. one unless it's a wild card. But where does Amanda Hebas go from here? Minus 345 favorite? Crazy Amanda talk. He- what? I didn't remember that. I thought it was like two to one. At, uh, two to one minus two. Fi- minus three. Over a three to one. Fi- what are we doing? What are we doing as the society, people? This is, uh, and I don't know what the, uh, Mike, do you have any idea what the initial line was? I bet it was smaller and probably mo- a lot of money came in on uh, Kibas, right? Probably. Is that, is that, is that a safe bet? Uh, keep, keep talking. I will get up. Yeah. Oh, I mean, again, I can't imagine it. Well, I'm, I can't imagine it started. Uh, go I ahead. Am, Casey, go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. I, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the topology numbers on this and mm-hmm. night. Actually, by tap by by tapology's uh, user um, votes for predictions, yeah, Hebo's Rodriguez is like one of the biggest upsets probably of the year. Ninety three percent of people picked Hebo's to win. Ninety three percent. That's a lot of people. And only, uh, I, yeah, only like maybe like in so seven percent picked Rodriguez, and of that, a very small, like a little tiny sliver actually picked her to win by KO or TKO. Yeah, unreal. Uh, you, you picked, you picked Rodriguez to win by decision, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. You did pick Rodriguz. So you are of that 7% yeah. uh, on topology. I think Rodriguez uh, so is kudos an amazing fighter. fighter. I don't, I don't, I don't Rod- get, Rod- get it. The people She's just really good. Again, her? there's a draw. Like, no, it's like, people feel like, oh, winless in her last two. You know, there's a draw in there. There's a very, very close loss to, uh, Esparza, which I, some people thought she won. I thought she won. Um, I thought she won. And then, and 
And then you have Hebus, who's 4-0 in the undefeated in the UFC, getting this big push. This is a classic case of, uh, of how you get kind of odds that don't reflect, you know, perhaps the actual skill and performance of the, of the fighters. Which is not to say that Hebus isn't very good. She is very good. She is very good. I think, um, yeah, she, but she's also young. I think people, you know, we, we kind of like marvel at how young she is. 27 is, mm-hmm. it's, it's just getting there in your prime for MMA, but it's not quite in your prime. As compared, as compared to Rodriguez, who's uh, a few, quite a few years older, but in a good way, uh, more older and more experienced. Uh, and her body's probably a little more uh, where where it is in her physical prime, right? So there's a lot of those little things to consider. Also, Kibas uh, comes from, a, you know, we see this all the time, comes from a, a black a black belt, present jiu-jitsu, black belt and judo background, strong grappler. Um, who's shown a lot of striking ability in, uh, in the UFC. She looked great. I remember in the Mackenzie Dern fight, she picked her apart. Uh, make that what you will. But uh, Rodriguez is clearly the better striker. Uh, she was the better striker in paper going in. So what, maybe he was, you know, it's one of those things, you get a little too far away from your from your uh, base discipline and, and you pay for it. And that happens. That's a lesson to be learned. Um, she's going to she's gonna figure out in the future what striking she should stick with, what striking maybe, again, got her into this this trouble. Uh, and then, again, how much to, how to re-implement her grappling in. And um, she'll be better off for it. This, this, is, this is, if anything, I think a good loss for her. Uh, a great win for Rodriguez. And I think a good loss for Hebos for her, uh, for what she might learn from it. I think you rebook. Um, yeah, I rebook. can't find them. Yeah. I think you book rebook Hebos versus Michelle Watterson. I think that's, I, still, <clears throat> I would still pick Hebos. Is that is that the fight that orig- was the original fight? That was the original fight, right? It was one of them, and the, and, and a, I think Esparza was in talks before that. And I think he was actually beat Esparza and Michelle Waterson. I just think I'm just that high on Marina Rodriguez, and I feel I'm happy I was right tonight. But um, I think he was like I'm not trying to crap on Hebus. I think she's awesome too, and she with a good performance, maybe I could see Hebus beating Rodriguez eventually. But um, right now, Hebas isn't there. But I think Rodriguez is... Oh, man, I just love her striking. She is so violent. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Fun to watch. Why Why not Why not give Marina the Michelle Watterson fight? That would work too, sir. I think she may have... It would. Unless you think she's kind of already jumped over her. I don't think I put her ahead of her in the rankings, but... I don't know, man. Yeah, you know and now I'm trying to see what's ahead of that. Michelle but. Watterson is one of those fighters, though. She might be behind you in rankings, but you get more fans to watch. And um, yeah, I think I think that's I, I think uh, even though Michelle is behind her, I think that's a good fight for either of them. Michelle's one also maybe, and, and we might Rodriguez. Rodriguez is eight. Watterson seven. Yeah, he could still do yeah. that. And it makes sense. Yeah, I don't I don't know if she and I don't know if she's quite leap forward. If she has though, maybe. And I think we brought this up uh, as an option on a previous onto the next one, Mike. Uh, maybe Yan Shaonan. Maybe she fights Yan. I don't know. Oh yeah. But, that that would be that would be and that would be big for and that also again just be a really fun style matchup actually just a fight I'd really like to see. Oh gosh, yeah, that's a good that is an option as well. What do you got, guys? What else? What else have we got? Okay. Oh, here we go. Good luck reading this one, Mike. Connor Dustin. Good luck reading this one. Connor Dustin. I got it. Connor Dustin, Ferguson, Gaethje, Oliveira, and now Chandler is the guy to beat. Habib. Do you guys see the trend? I honestly don't think any of them has anything for Habib. Hard to argue with that. I mean, I just don't. Think, I don't think anybody can beat Habib. On I just don't. I agree. It, I thought yeah. Gaethje was going to be a hell of a test, and yeah, it was just like we saw what happened. Um, Oliveira is going to be interesting. Oliveira will be really interesting, but I still think Habib whoops whoops up on him. 
Um, Alista Chandler. You, Chandler is the one. It, there's something interesting about Chandler, though, because like, how would Habib beat Chandler? I mean, I know he'll take him down, submit him, I guess, eventually. But I can't. It's hard, it's a hard time visualizing in my head. Even though I would pick, I would definitely pick Habib if if Habib Chandler got booked. If Habib came out of retirement, if he broke the promise he made to his mother to fight Michael Chandler, um, oh, 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 broke her heart. <laughs> sorry, mom. I gotta fight Michael Chandler. I can't do this. <laughs> it's trending big, mom. It's trending big. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I yeah. I. Uh... I agree. That I mean, I would still, if of those names, if I if I had to pick one who I think has a chance, and again, and again, if I were setting the odds myself, none of these guys would be closer than like minus three fifty. Uh, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I'm sorry, I say Habib would be a minus three fifty favorite at the very least against any of these names. Um, I, I still like Oliveira. I still I still think Del Bronx. Just that that ground game, man. It's it's funny because he has <laughs> Oliveira has lost fights on the ground. Uh, but I, I want to believe he's he's finally found that consistency. Maybe he's just lucky. Maybe we're just seeing a head uh, a coin land on heads eight times in a row, you know. But th- there's definitely a, a better maturity there. I think his skills are, are at their peak right now. So that to me is still the fight I would want to see um, out of the names that uh, Muhammad has listed here. But I agree. No, I, I would I would I think any of them have a realistic chance of beating Habib right now? No, 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 no. Habib is the best. Agreed. What was your guys' face expressions when Dustin knocked out Connor? <laughs> I don't know. My face is freezing a couple of times here, so yeah. <laughs> probably one of those faces uh, was was likely. I mean, I, like I said earlier, after the, there was a point in that first round where Connor landed a big shot, Dustin ate it, and then he returned fire, and then he like pointed at Connor. That was that was the moment where I felt the tide was really turning, and I was just I was surprised, but it wasn't like Chan. I was more surprised with Chandler's knockout than than Poirier's, if that makes sense. I don't know how you guys were looking at it. I picked both. I, Chan- I definitely. Sorry. I'll go ahead, Casey. I picked both Chandler. Let's see the face. Let's see the face. Oh my! Oh my face. <laughs> oh and, and the gesture and the gesture actually i will say this half of my overjoyed expression was because that put me over the top in the in the staff picks so <laughs> because like we, me and ak were tied going to the main event oh that's true yeah so. that was not that, that was you, you got me that was yeah i got you like, like, i kind of you okay no, but um, yeah, I was definitely okay. Yeah, I was I was just super shocked because remember when uh when Connor fought Mayweather and um the ref basically saved Connor from a giant knockout because you know you know right right before Connor was on wobbly legs he was gassed the ref was like all right we're done here we're done here before we got a big knockout and I felt the uh, and like it, it saved Connor because in our head we still hadn't seen Connor get like really like boom you're out cold knocked out it was hard to visualize. I knew, but I felt like tonight was the night it was going to happen. Um, I felt like it was Connor was going to just take a big ass whooping, and it was just—it's crazy to see. Like it was, it was like the first time we saw Anderson get knocked out, 
And like, we're like, whoa, all right. I, it was just, he got knocked out. I, I can't believe I saw that. First time we saw when Otto got knocked out, I was like, whoa, like, I've never, I, I couldn't visualize that, but there it is. And that's why I felt like when I finally saw Connor get knocked out with strikes, we've seen him get submitted, all that stuff, but to get just boom, boom, all right, you done. It was just, um, yeah, it was just, it was a wild, it was, it was, a, it was a wild moment as a fan to watch that to me. Yeah, I was, uh, I definitely had one of these. I, I, I was, <laughs> did the DC thing? You stood up. <laughs> no, I so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm working obviously, but, yeah. but so I kind of just looked up. I, I, I saw, I, I didn't see the finish coming because, uh, you know, we, we saw he had been sticking him with those leg kicks. And it's like, oh man, those kicks are really taking a toll on him. And like, as I was saying that, Poirier pounced perfectly uh, and then started flurrying. And then, uh, like, my face was gradually, it, was, it wasn't like, it was, it was, it was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So that was my exact reaction. <laughs> so we want to see how it develops. So that was like my exact reaction. Um, because like you said, I, I was just surprised. And I, and then, but as it happened, I'm like, you know what? That made sense. Like everything that unfolded there made a lot of sense based on, on, on uh, Poirier's game plan, which was just awesome. Uh, and man, the, the, the sight of um, McGregor lying, just like thrown on the ground, which yeah. has now become the hot meme. Uh, bundled up Bernie, you had your day, you had your 24 hours. Bundled up Bernie has now been replaced by uh, by Sleeping Connor. Uh, it was a good run, and some people have already ma- have already, of course, uh, put them together. Yeah. So well done, Internet, you win again. But uh, yes, the new the new hot meme, Sleeping Connor. So it looks so peaceful there after getting punched in the face like six times, six really hard times by Dustin Poirier. Mm. All right. Oh, I may have to. Let's I may have to, to dip in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if or if we're wrapping. Let's do one yeah, more. Have to help with. Uh, let's do one okay. more. Let's do one more question. One more. One question. more. All right. All right. Maybe get a good one. Maybe get a good one. Wow, we've talked forty-five minutes. Oh my goodness! It's a time time flies. You have these amazing questions. You yeah. have our viewers, who, our faithful viewers, who are like us, have probably been watching or talking about MMA for the last like twelve hours plus the rest of the week. You guys are the best. I know. I know. We're good. I just want to say that before we sign off. You guys, you guys watching. I say this all the time, but I mean it. You guys are the freaking best. All right. All right. One do more. We have Con- do we have a Connor question? I'm trying to find. Yeah. Because like. Uh, nah. Come on, guys. Give me a Connor question. Give me a Connor question. No one cares about Connor McGregor. Yeah, he's, done, he's old news. He's old no news. One, no one talks about him. No one wants to see him fight anymore. <laughs> no one has any questions. Okay. That's not a question. I just have to yeah, there. Of course you would. Yeah, thank you, Zach. I mean, you know. Yeah, Zach knows. Uh, Come on, guys. Get that last question in. I know some of you have been spamming questions. Just keep that yeah, spam coming. Finish. Not a spam. Let's see it. Yeah, no, we have uh, one of our regular, sorry, our regular Mr. viewers. Mr. Boza, we're, we're talking about Connor. We're not talking about anyone else right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. this is, sorry, this, Boza, this is actually slightly interesting. Yeah. I don't think it will happen, but. McGregor versus Hooker. <sighs> McGregor's not getting out of bed for that fight. I'm sorry. I Unfortunately. That. It's... It, it sounds like we've been pretty hard on Hooker, um, but again, this is that's the nature of the game. It's funny when you when you lose a fight, you, you had two of the best fights of the friggin' year in 2020, uh, and then you lose one fight, and suddenly we're like we're removing you from the big fight conversation. Um, that's that sort of happens. So should they uh, should they should they should match up McGregor and Hooker? Uh, Shinigami, I, I I just don't see it. it would it be a cool fight? Hell's yeah, it'd be a cool fight. Uh, maybe if if by some chance there's a New Zealand show. And you can convince uh, McGregor it'd be a nice family vacation to go there, but I don't know. Here is our final question before we take a nap. Good morning. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> all right, what is? Do some work. 
Oh. What is Conor McGregor's most realistic path back to the title? This is a really good question, actually. Yeah. This is a really good. good question. That is good. AK, AK, you go. I'll go first. Uh, I'll go quick. Uh, go, 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 man, go get one of those Paul brothers. Take out one of those Paul brothers because let me tell you something. Those guys, uh, uh, well, no, I should say, which one's undefeated? Jake. <laughs> get know. the get the end. Of, Logan Logan's already had a loss. He lost to KSI. You know what? That guy's old news. Jake, he just smoked a three-time NBA dunk contest champion. All right, McGregor goes takes him out. Easy work, uh, and then uh, maybe and then that gets him the Pacquiao fight, and then that gets him a title shot at uh, whoever happens to be holding the belts in either late 2021 or early 2022. I'm mostly joking, and yet somehow, if those things did happen. I do think McGregor would just jump right back into the UFC with no UFC wins and be like, I'm back. Give me, give me that belt. Hate to say it. Wait, would he, is, are you saying he beats Pacquiao in a boxing match? Is that what you just said? I think I did. I think I did just say that. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to walk it back. It's yeah, getting yeah. late. I just said it. Late. Yeah, yeah. I just said it. It's, it's getting really late. Okay, so AK's theory is... I can't take it back. I'm on the record. I'm on the record. I can't take it back. I can't take it back. So AK, your theory is Conor McGregor to get a shot back at the 155-pound UFC championship. He needs to go to boxing. He needs to face the undefeated Paul brother, whichever one that is. And then he needs to face uh, Manny Pacquiao in a boxing match. Yes. Defeat defeat Manny Pacquiao. And win. And win. And win. Yes. And then after going, after being two and one in boxing, his overall record, mm-hmm. he will come back yeah. and get a title shot against two. Though yeah. who will be who will be the title holder by that point? Uh, Michael Chandler. Whoa! <laughs> uh, look, look, Gunny ninety eight wow. asked for the most realistic path. Clearly, I've picked the most realistic path back for McGregor. So I'm again, I'm on the record. Clip it, clip it, put it out in the socials. I said what I said. <laughs> you earned it, sir. All right, Mr. Heck, what do you got? I'm... The most realistic path back to the title is Dustin Poirier winning the title. So that's the first thing. Dustin Poirier needs to beat whoever he fights for the belt. That yes. sets things up perfectly. Connor, I think Connor's best option is he fights Nate. If he beats Nate, Connor's back of it. He can go on this trilogy tour. And I, I don't think Connor's that far out of it. I don't, especially if Dustin Poirier has to win the undisputed title, though. Dustin Poirier wins the undisputed title. I think Connor only needs another win, an impressive win, and some fire on the microphone. And he's right back in there because there's plenty of story here. And Dustin would take that fight in a second. Dustin having a win over Connor, plus winning the undisputed title, that gives him some sway. And if Connor can get a win, Put himself in, in that position. I think I, I don't think he's that far off. I don't think he's that far off. Honestly, he's Connor freaking McGregor, but Dustin has to win the belt first. That's what I think. I think all Connor needs to do to get a shot at the title, not to actually win it, but just to get a shot at the title is I think he just he needs to win. He needs a dominant a dominant victory over Nate Diaz at lightweight. That's it. Nothing's yep. fair. That this isn't this isn't fair. But I think, uh, yeah, a victory, a, a dominant victory, a finish over Nate Diaz will get him that uh, title shot. And whoever's 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 holding the belt at that time, I don't think it really matters. I think it helps if it's Dustin having the belt. 
But if Dustin isn't the belt holder, I don't think it really matters. So, yeah. Life is not fair sometimes. Oh, man. So, if you're Charles... We learned that. We learned that. If you're Charles... If you're Charles Oliveira and you're Justin Gaethje, put pen to paper and do it quickly. That's that's my advice. I know we said last question, but man, I want to I want to get your opinions on this. At fifty five, I assume. <laughs> I saw someone mention this. This I've is, seen this this, this, this is actually I I just I kind of forgot about this. I've been saying Max Holloway at fifty five is a top five lightweight. He went like he went hammer and nails with Dustin Poirier in a very competitive fight. That was his first time ever at lightweight, where his body was he was just he was just a featherweight who didn't cut weight. He hasn't he didn't bulk up to lightweight. So man, Max Holloway at lightweight against Conor McGregor rematch. Ooh, I like that. I'm picking Max though. Uh, yes, that's it. That's my answer. Yes, I, I would would watch. Would watch. Oh, hell yeah, I'd watch that fight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would I'd watch, watch Max Holloway against anybody. I would watch I'd this watch over anything, right actually. Now. Over over Connor versus anyone else, over Nate, over Dustin, Dustin, over Gaethje. Actually, this fight, I like this fight. In a boxing match. Well, I mean, Isaiah, listen, I, will, I, will probably, credit, I will credit I will credit you if we use yeah, this. Yeah, I, I hope so. Isaiah and Isaiah, I will credit you. Yes. All right. I have a feeling that'll be a popular choice. But there you go. We could talk for way longer, but you yeah, guys probably want to go to sleep. We, have oh, we work just to got do, started. We're, we're 15 minutes into sleep. this and we just got started. It's like, <laughs> I know. Well, listen, those pressers, those pressers can be a beating sometimes. Yeah. But there you go. All right. We're done. UFC 257. I'm not going to say it's in the books. We'll, that we put a bow on it because we still have way more to talk about. We got on to the next one. We got between the links. We got ASAP live chat. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this. I mean, just so much, so much. In the meantime, for AK, for EKC Lydon, I am Mike Cat. Thank you so much for watching all the coverage. Big shout out to Jose Youngs, by the way. What a gangster he is on his oh, way home. Peace. Safe travels peace. to you, Jose. Good morning. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.